0: Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is very little we know for certain about the details of the life of St. Bartholomew. Yet this is not an uncommon phenomenon. For many of the apostles, the particulars of their personalities, work, and ministries on either side of Christ's ascension have not been recorded or are a matter of lore. For Saint Bartholomew, and for many of his colleagues, we know mainly this. When Jesus spoke to them and said, follow me, they showed us what it looks like to say yes and to follow him. In its Greek origin, the term martyr means witness. We commonly associate the word with the event of someone dying for the sake of faithfulness to a person or an ideology. In the news as of late, we have heard profound and startling accounts of our brothers and sisters overseas who have remained faithful, even unto death. As Christians, we believe that our lives are shaped by the cross, that we live in a pattern established by Christ in which we live, work, suffer, and die in him, that we might rise again to the joy of the resurrected world with him. Martyrs are witnesses. They testify to the pattern of the kingdom of God through their lives within the world. Those martyrs who go so far as to die for this testimony establish an especially robust sign of this conviction. Even more so did St. Bartholomew whose eyewitness knowledge and certainty of the legitimacy of Christ's life, death, resurrection, and ascension led him to die for what he certainly knew to be true. The Christian idea of martyrdom, though, is so robust that it moves outward from the point of death to assume all of life. All Christians are called to live out a type of martyrdom in their everyday life, One characterized by self-denial and discipline, by renunciation and simplicity, and by putting to death the temptations to sin as they come. This is not to suggest that there is not a difference between the common acts of self-denial to which we are all called and the experience of our brethren who even in this century are being put to actual swords for their faithfulness. Neither should we fall into the bad habit of persecution-mongering or unnaturally seeking out persecution from others to gratify some inordinate desire. Martyrdom is not about being a hero. It is not about indulging in self-pity or causing conflict. At its core, martyrdom is about life, the life of the world to come, a life so good that it is worth using everything at our disposal, even the gifts of our bodies and mortal lives, to attain it. A life shaped by martyrdom is difficult to live because it testifies to the order of God's kingdom in an often disordered world. This is the heart of the problem addressed by our gospel lesson. St. Luke records a quarrel among the apostles over who will be the greatest in the kingdom they thought Jesus was about to establish by conquering the Romans. Their struggle is one that is common to all of us. How many times do we consider how we rank among our peers in our jobs or at school, or perhaps even among the people sitting on either side of us in the pew this morning? By what rubric, do we judge our relative superiority or inferiority? It's probably not that different from the apostles. We often judge ourselves and others in the world by some measure of success arising from the quantity of goods or accolades, or in the church, by perceived piety, or the volume of one's involvement or ministry. Yet our Lord gives us a very different rubric, in his admonition to the apostles, he that is youngest, he is the, that is greatest among you. Let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that does serve. I am among you as he that serveth. Greatness in the kingdom of God is attained only through service and humility. Power is granted only to those whose lives are shaped habitually by the love for God and for one another. To live in the way of Christ is to follow him in humility and simplicity on the pathway to resurrection and glory. The Anglican poet T.S. Eliot once wrote, The only wisdom we can hope to acquire is the wisdom of humility. Humility is endless. Humility is the proper recognition of ourselves before God and among others. In other words, it is the honest acknowledgement of exactly what we are. The virtue of humility is at the heart of every martyrdom. It teaches us to esteem God so appropriately that we recognize how much all other things pale in comparison to Him. It teaches us to see others in both their strengths and in their weaknesses as those stamped with the image of God and thus possessing dignity and lovability. Humility leads us to an assessment of our relative weakness, the weakness to follow after Christ and to live in his way, and leads us instead to rely on his power, his gifts, and on his church. When we do this, we begin to see what was seen among the Apostles as recorded in Acts in our lesson. We begin to see life lived of one accord, and the signs of the kingdom of healings and deliverance being enacted in our midst. This is the effect of martyrdom, the kingdom in our midst, as a testimony to the kingdom that is to come. The relative historical obscurity of the life of St. Bartholomew reminds us that the recording of our deeds so as to be heroically remembered is not the point. The details are known to God, let them be, and precious in his sight are the death of his saints. For us, there is a lifetime to live in the love of God and neighbor through the exercise of humility. In doing so, we testify, in each our own way, to the kingdom, and we make ready our own martyrdoms. At some point, all of us will have to make a final offering of our lives. For some of us, it may be through the extreme circumstances of persecution and violence. For the rest of us, it will be through the daily habit of conversation and communion, so that we may by god's grace make a good ending regardless of its form the witness of the martyrs calls us out of our busy lives to remember the exhortation at the heart of all the christian life be a saint what else is there